March 10th, 2018. I'm going to read this, but not read the names of the people involved, because I think it's interesting to see what has been going on behind the scenes to try and pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act. But the people who oppose it, the animal abusers who are ripping cubs from their mothers and exploiting them and discarding them or worse, are some really horrific people. And I don't want them targeting people in the government who are working to protect tigers in the wild. And I know what it's like to be harassed by them and to have them threaten my life and do everything they can to stop this train from reaching its destination. So I'm not going to give their names just yet. Once our Big Cat Public Safety Act passes and those people are all behind bars where they belong, in my opinion, I might rewrite this one, or not rewrite it, but re-record it. So this was an email from Howard to our Big Cat Public Safety Coalition. The coalition was started in 2011, and Howie had been leading these groups every Thursday. We would have a group call with members of the coalition, which were other nonprofits from not sanctuaries, but other nonprofits um, such as the Humane Society of the United States and Animal Welfare Institute and those types of organizations. We can discuss Tuesday, but for now, I'd like to give you a report on our recent contact with the blank department. One of the points we make in favor of the bill is that our rampant breeding and lack of tracking of tigers in this country impairs the credibility of the blank department in their efforts to fight trafficking and tiger farms. As discussed, we have some indication that this could be a particularly meaningful argument to Senator Portman. The only concrete evidence I know of is what we have in Judy Mills' book, The Blood of the Tiger. And as many of you know, my suggestion that we get Judy in front of Portman's staff for that reason died. At the Tiger Sight event, we helped organize and pay for its sighties in South Africa. Toward the end of one of the China Toward the end, one of the Chinese representatives apparently yelled out their usual refrain of, at least we know where their tigers are. I reviewed the tape of that session, and unfortunately, the recording ended before that, and I did not catch it on tape as I had hoped. Carol and I attended the big Carol and I attended, and Big Cat Rescue was a minor sponsor of the event at the UN on March 2nd for World Wildlife Day. Fascinating experience, personally, in a number of ways, but what is relevant here is that among the half a dozen or so countries who sent representatives to make remarks on both on behalf of their nation was the U.S. At the event, Carol and I cornered, in a nice way, of course, the U.S. representative blank. We spoke for about 10 minutes, and in brief, I asked him about the issue of captive tiger policy in the U.S. impairing the work of the state on tiger issues. He was very frank and said he was not really knowledgeable, but would be happy to introduce us to the appropriate people in D.C. He surprised me by quickly following up and emailing later that afternoon with an introduction to blank, who some of you may know. It turns out she had been to Big Cat Rescue and remembered Carol. We think she may have been involved in the 2009 meeting of the International Tiger Coalition with the Fish and Wildlife Service that we attended, but we're not sure. And then he gives all of the contact information for her and the people on the conference call. It says, we spoke for an hour. The key bullets are, they very readily acknowledged, no hesitation at all, that the Chinese being able to point to our captive policies here make their job more difficult. They were actually considering trying to come up with a quid pro quo to say to the Chinese, if you end tiger farms, the U.S. will blank. And I'm not saying, I'm not deleting a blank there. It's like 
what would this be? But their detailed knowledge of the U.S. current situation and laws was limited, and they were not sure what to come up with to offer, or, given the various laws here, how they would implement any offer they came up with related to captive wildlife here. Personally, this does not strike me as an approach that was likely to succeed, because I doubt if the economic forces behind tiger tiger farming really care about tigers here, other than to use our lack of tracking to defend the tiger farms, but I did not comment. We spent the bulk of the time answering their question about the U.S. Situ- answering their questions about the U.S. situation, the inability to know if the animals were going into illegal trade due to a lack of tracking, the USDA honor system census that creates that gap, specific examples like Schreibvogel taking tigers to the Bone Museum, Antle breeding probably three to five dozen cubs each year, but a census of tiger tigers barely increasing. So where do they go, etc. They were aware of the Big Cat Public Safety Act. I explained that one of our arguments for the bill was the negative impact it had on U.S. credibility in efforts to conserve the tiger in the wild, but we lacked any documentation of that. I asked if they had written anything about this. Short answer was nothing directly, although they suggested it could be implied from their writing. So, as I'm sure you can guess, I started gently a conversation about what, if anything, we might get from them. I explained that if an agency taking a position on the bill was awkward, that was not essential, but something confirming what they freely acknowledge and even said was public knowledge, i.e. that our captive situation was negatively impacting their efforts, would be a huge help. As you can imagine, there was some hemming and hawing and putting us on mute for a minute or two a number of times as they came up with possibilities among themselves. The good news is they really seemed to want to help. As opposed to raising objections, they were proactively trying to figure out how. After discussing some ideas, I asked if it would make it easier if a legislator asked them, i.e., if rather than issuing some open statement, they were responding to a request from a legislator for information or opinion on this issue. They quickly thought that was the best path and suggested the inquiry be made to blank, with a copy to blank. So, I'd like to discuss Tuesday providing blank with language to send as an inquiry to help us bolster our position on this point. If anyone would like to take a crack at that before Tuesday, feel free. I'm torn between laying it out and asking them to comment versus a shorter, more open-ended question. My current thought, though, is to point to what Judy reports in her book and the incident at CITES to give examples of how the question arises. Separately, since we're meeting Tuesday, I think it obvious that we would not have our usual Thursday call unless we decide Tuesday that there is some short-term follow-up and we want to have one. Howard Baskin If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.